Okay, bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Alhamdulillah, salatu wassalamu ala rasulillah. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Okay, so this lesson is a, uh, uh, a, a recorded one because we don't have, unfortunately, access to the internet. Internet's gone down. So this is a recorded lesson. Uh, not for the people here, obviously, but uh, for everyone who's watching this now. Um, it's going to be uh, on the portal, labeled as normal, everything. But it will just be a couple of hours. Right, uh, I still, the screen's still not on, by the way. Um, so today, what we're going to be doing is the part of the text where we said, "Yusannu al-qiyamu 'inda qad min iqamatiha wa taswiyatu sufuf wa taswiyatu saf." Okay, wa taswiyatu saf. So we did last week, yani that it is was the text. No, no, his, his, his side, his side. No, no. So that doesn't have any... I don't know what kind of day he's having. I don't even know what's politically correct or not. He doesn't have blonde hair. Otherwise, I'd say he's having a blonde day. I don't know if he's having a blonde day. I swear. You are so sucked. Yeah, I swear. A useless pack. Right, okay. So, Baba Sifat al-Salah... Uh, um, it is sunnah to stand when qad is said from the iqamah itself and it is also sunnah to straighten the prayer line to straighten the prayer line that is the uh, the word that we're going to spend all uh, a session on today maybe even next week as well as a very very big and detailed matter one that there's a lot of confusion over, one where there's a lot of people that have very strong held views, and interestingly, the majority of which are just nonsensical. All right, and it's a very interesting uh, chapter. The first thing is again the use of the word sunnah, and we said last week that we're not really sure whether uh, the Sheikh, the Mu'allif, alayhi rahmatullah, the author, original author, Imam al-Hajawi, is using sunnah in a legal sense or in a general Islamic sense, because immediately we're going to establish that it's absolutely not sunnah to establish the line. It is fard. It's a wajib. It's an obligation to establish the line. Okay? An obligation. So we do think that he does mean that it is not obligatory according to uh, uh, the one of the opinions in the madhab. But as you're going to see what Sheikh Uthameen says, and he says this on page 9, he says, يعني because the Prophet Prophet which is narrated by Bukhari, he said, straighten your lines. Okay? Straighten your lines. And the companions understood this very, very well. Because one of, one of the times the Prophet ﷺ, he came out to, uh, to lead the prayer, and the iqamah was given. Suddenly he turns around and he sees a person whose chest is showing. Chest is showing here, meaning it was sticking out of the line. Okay, that's what it means here. That his, his chest was, yani, or whatever. So he was basically forward. 
So he said, فَقَالَ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَمَ Hadith is narrated as footnote 5, أَخْرَجُهُ الْبُخَارِي narrated by Bukhari in the book of the Adhan. بَابْ تَصْوِيَةُ صُفُوفِ عِنْدَ إِقَامَةِ إِنْ عِنْدَ الْإِقَامَةِ وَبَعَدِهَا This is something very interesting. Imam al-Bukhari, he included this Hadith and as it's clear from what happens in the Hadith, he called the chapter, title, chapter, straightening the row at the time of the iqama and after the iqama. Why is that important in our current context? Yes, but I mean, us being packs, what do we notice in pack masjids? They pray immediately. Have you seen that, right? You'll see that they're getting ready, the imam is ready, because according to the ahnaf, you have to establish the prayer immediately after the iqama. So you'll hear the, 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 the iqama will be going, Allah, Akbar, La ilaha illallah, and he's actually the imam, if you were to watch the imam, all right? I mean, I'm talking about classical, hardcore kind of Hanafi masajid, right? And a lot of the Deobandis are very much on this opinion. And that is more due to some of the modern riwayats. But, so you'll see that they're there. And as soon as it's La ilaha illallah, Allahu Akbar, and then everyone will go, Allahu Akbar. And that is because, not random, that is because they said when the, the prayer, it, it makes sense that you've had all this time to get yourself ready, etc. Actually, the reason that the Hanafis make sense in this opinion, because one thing that we didn't mention last week, Right um, about when should people stand up, and we said that it's correct that a person can stand up at any moment during the iqama. All right, but the actual moment is when, when you see the imam. Right now, when you see the imam, that's also a big statement. Does that mean yani when he's standing on the musalla? Does that mean when he enters the masjid? Does that mean as soon as he makes himself aware, or coughs, or X, or Y? What does it mean? Now, one of the problems would be if you only stood up when he's standing there. Because if that happened, then when would you establish the line? When would you get it straight, etc., etc.? So in actual fact, the iqama should start off and people should stand up when the imam is seen, the iqama is given, people should now shuffle about, get themselves ready whilst the iqama is happening so that when the imam then gets there, he now has something to play with. Because now what's going to happen is a process. As you're going to see, I'm going to mention some narrations, okay? Well, I mean, I'll I'll say it to you now. You're going to see a number of hadith where he's going to warn about how the salah has to be, how the line has to be straight. But also physically, he would himself walk up and down the line and he would also send people. Sometimes he would know a person and let let them take responsibility for their line. Bilal radiallahu anhu was one of these people who used to be chosen, right? Sayyidina Umar, he had a thing, radiallahu anhu, authentically narrated from him. He would never ever let the prayer start when he was leading the prayer. He would never let the salah start until the people, al-wukala, the people that he had sent down out, deputizing for him to deal with every single individual role, until they had come back to him or come back into their positions. It was at that moment that he then establishes the prayer. So he's not even going to establish the prayer until the people have got back to their places and done their job. Because of course, as you know, the jama'ah is growing. When the Prophet ﷺ was leading the salah, the, the Muslims were still less in number. And by the time he passes, it's a big number. At the time of Sayyidina Umar, it's huge. The masjid had to be extended. As you know, he's the first one who extends the masjid, uh, masjid, uh, masjid al-Nabawi by moving the soft forward. right? So he then extends it from the sides and back. and No, no, not back. To the sides and then two softs to the front. So a significant increase in size for a significant number of extra people. And that's too much for him to control. No speakers, no mic. 
So he would send Yani, you, you, you deal with your lines. They all go, they all fix their own lines, they all sort themselves out. And then, once they are happy that each line is correct, they come back and they give the sign, yes, go ahead, yes, go ahead. Then he goes, Allahu Akbar. So it indicates that the Iqamah is not meant to be some chilling period. So the Hanafis have got it right that people should be kind of quicker rather than slower. Because the opposite is what? The opposite is everyone saying, I'm not moving until the Imam stands right here. Well, if that's the case, and you guys haven't even stood up, and there's a whole period of time that's meant to happen after the Iqamah as well. So you can see things working here. And what Bukhari the titles this chapter by saying that the straightening of the row during the Iqamah and after the Iqamah indicates actually that the Sunnah is to not immediately go Allahu Akbar, but rather give a time, get the line straight, the Imam to speak to people, advise people, give them yani, some uh, afkar, give them a reminder. Now look, look at what he said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, when he saw this man's chest uh, showing, the Iqamah has happened. The calm is gone. He says, "Ibad Allah, let you sawunna sufufakum, or la yuxalifan Allahu bayna wujuhikum." And another narration, "Bayna qulubikum." O servants of Allah, you will certainly, you will certainly straighten these lines, or Allah Subhanahu wa Taala will cause difference between your faces, meaning yourselves, and another narration between your hearts. Okay, or certainly, indeed, without any doubt, Allah will cause this division between you. He will cause that division between you. What's interesting in the Arabic language is the phraseology that's been used here. La tu sawunna sufufakum. There's a lam waqi'a fi jawab qasam muqaddar wa taqdiru al-kalam. Wallahi la tu sawunna. The lam here which is in the Arabic la tu sawunna la. This lam is a lam of a qasam and it actually means wallahi. So it's like the Prophet ﷺ said, Wallahi latusawunna. I swear by Allah you will straighten this line. It's a threat. It's a very clear threat. The actual sentence itself has been emphasized in rhetoric, in balagha, in the Arabic language, in three ways. The qasam, the lam itself, and the noon. Because latusawu is the Arabic and job done. That means straight, that's straightened. But when you add the noon at the end, that was so wunna, okay, that's a, the, the, the noon of tawqeed. It is an emphasizer. So there are three linguistic emphasizers on, this, just, on, the, on just this one word, indicating, therefore, this is definitely not a sunnah. This is an obligation. Why is it an obligation? Because the Prophet ﷺ, we know from the sunnah generally that whenever a threat is given, then that indicates obligation to do the act that avoids the threat and it indicates that whoever does the act it is something which is haram so that can only happen for something which is fard can't happen for sunnah because it's not possible to be commanding someone to sunnah and they do haram okay so that's that's important well, um, so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, uh, the Prophet Allah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will cause this different, uh, differences between you yani um so much so, as Sheikh Uthameen says, that this difference between the people will become so significant that it will, it will settle in the hearts, which is like the most serious. You start to have a hatred in the hearts to one another. This is a clear threat against anyone who does not. And that is why some of the scholars, they said that it is an obligation, that this that to, that to straighten the line is an obligation. And they indicated this because of the command of the Prophet ﷺ and the threat, as I uh, just said. Uh, w- 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 whereas um, here, 
the author has said it is just a sunnah. Walihada, and Sheikh Uthameen says, for that reason, it's not possible to say that this is the correct opinion. The correct opinion, the preponderant opinion, al-rajih, is that wujub taswit al-saf. It is obligatory to straighten the, the line. Wa anna al-jama'ah, as for the group of people that do not straighten the lines in order to pray, they are sinners. Fa'athimun. But the prayer itself, is it affected or not? No. The prayer is not affected. The prayer's validity is sound, but they have earned sin. And that is what it seems from the statement of Shaykh Islam ibn Taymiyyah, when he explained this, he said that anyone who does this, then have they just left something obligatory or is a salah done, uh, uh, gone? And he said, فيه احتمال. He said that, يعني, uh, we understand, it is possible for a person to say that uh, the prayer has been invalidated. He goes, however, to understand that the prayer is not invalidated, but the sin is actually achieved or, or, or you know, you know, obtained by the, the one who prays, that is a stronger position. And this is an important uh, 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 sentence, okay? This is an usuri sentence. I'm going to read in Arabic and I'm going to translate it word for word, okay? لِأَنَّ التَّسْوِيَةَ وَاجِبَةٌ لِلصَّلَاةِ وَلَا وَاجِبَةٌ فِيهَا يَعْنِ أَنَّهَا خَارِجٌ عَنْ هَيْئَتِهَا وَالْوَاجِبُ لِلصَّلَاةِ يُؤْثَمُ الْإِنسَانُ بِتَرْكِهِ وَلَا تُبْطَلُ الصَّلَاةُ بِهِ كَالْأَذَانِ مَثَلًا فَإِذَا وَاجِبٌ فَإِنَّهُ وَاجِبٌ لِلصَّلَاةِ وَلَا تَبْطُلُ الصَّلَاةَ بِتَرْكِهِ So he says, he says, why is this? Why are we saying that the prayer is not invalidated? Because to straighten the lines is for the prayer, not inside the prayer. And anything which is outside of the structure of the prayer, then that person, then that thing is then obligatory for the prayer, and a person is punished for leaving it. The prayer is not invalidated thereby, such as the adhan. So if someone needs, looks at the adhan, the adhan is an obligation, and we covered that in general. In specific scenarios, we know it's not, okay? But in general, an area has got to have the adhan. But if the person did not do the adhan, the, they, they would be sinful, but the prayer itself would still be valid. So he gives that example, and, and by that we understand then the issue of the prayer line. Okay? And how do you straighten the row? What does it actually mean to straighten the line? Because by our natural understanding, that should mean that the line should be straight. And meaning that no one person should be in front of the other. That's the only thing that immediately grabs you when you think about what does it mean straighten the line. Okay, that not one person is in front of the other. But what is it to be understood that is the defining factor of being in front? Is it the beginning of the foot? Is it the back of the foot? What is it? The answer is that it is the shoulder for the upper body and it is the heel for the bottom body. And this is for someone who is standing and they are well. If there is a person <clears throat> who suffers from uh, crookedness in the back, what would, the, the, what would that be? How do you say that? Huh? Huh? When you yeah, when you hunch back. What, what's, the, what's the politically correct? No, these are specific conditions. Right. What, what do you say? You don't say someone's hunchback, do you? What do you say when you just see someone who's old and le- bending over? What do you say? You do, uh, hunchback is like... 
hunchback is like not politically correct at all. I'm sure it's not. Although I'm, I'm not that I'm an expert at politically correctness in any way, but I don't think you would say you don't say stoop. Stoop. Bend double. Bend double. No, but and, and you smack me in the stomach. I'll bend double as well, isn't it? You smack me in the stomach. I don't become hunchback. No, there's a phrase, man. What kind of doctor are you? Tell me that. These are specific conditions. They say it's hunched. No, no, no. These are specific medical conditions, spinal condition. Yani, the one day, the one day, the spinal consultant yani, is absent. Yeah, this was his moment to shine. Irfan huh? could have smashed it. Huh? He would have said hunchback. He would say hunchback. He's my, he's my guy. That's why. Quasimodo, yes, silly Paggy. Hunched over, yeah. So if the person's hunched over, then obviously you can see that uh, for, for them, the ruling is not the same. Anyone who uh, is outside the norms of bodily kind of reality, the ruling is not based upon that, okay? And that's important because you'll see that even with uh, using the shoulders and the feet uh, or the heels for a normal person standing up, yeah, and you're upright, there's going to be issues of difference, such as a difference in... The, the, not just difference in stomach, but some people are, uh, you know, a very muscular built, so the entire body is set forward, right? Or very big chested, for example, or very very skinny, very yeah, and you, uh, or recessed almost. And people with bigger feet, for example. So, uh, so at what point do you, uh, uh, how do you put all this together? And that's what we're going to, inshallah, uh, demonstrate. So, what does Sheikh continue? He goes, uh, if a person has a hunchback. A hunched, a, 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 a hunchback problem. I don't know how to say that. For ibra bil manakib. So obviously, for this person, it's nonsense, nonsensical to be talking about the shoulder for him to straighten the line. So this is something which is only applicable when uh, when the uh, person is um, uh, straight, able, able and standing. Um, uh, so at that moment in time, we focus on the heels. And the heels are the umud, that they are the uh, pillar that everyone uh, is standing upon. And that's the actual leg and the shin, and the bottom of it is what is given the ruling, not the shin and the leg itself. Toes are not given any value. Toes are not what the ruling is based upon. Well, because toes differ and some are very long and some are short and so on and so forth so it's the heel which is to be given uh, the uh, precedence um, and then he goes into another thing I just want to know whether I should um, deal with this now okay Sheikh Al-Tamin is now going to go into a long description of what it actually means holistically speaking what what it means to have a straight line, okay? Holistically, and we're going to talk about that in in a minute. But I want I want to I want to physically demonstrate. So as you can get this thing ready, I want to physically demonstrate what exactly it means to stand in line because that's the most important thing, right? I'm talking about the physical action itself, and then after that we can then we can then talk about the rest of the um, the rest of the narrations that deal with you know. Does it differ? Does it does it differ if the line is your line or the imam's line? Okay. 
So if that imam is praying with two people, should they be straight line? What does straight line mean when it's an imam? All right? Does it mean uh, children? What does it mean? Children lines. Of, uh, children line, women's line. Uh, what does it mean, for example, with lots of people? Yeah, and there's lots to talk about. Okay? So let's have some people, um, preferably with some kind of feet showing, because I made a mistake. I didn't realize that. Oh, you made a mistake. Can you repeat that? <laughs> <laughs> I don't get used to it, bro. Do, do not get used to it. You know what? You lost your... your I mean, there was no need for that. There was no need. No need. Honestly, no need. I would like giving so much time. 20 minutes before the dad started, 20 minutes before Salah, I gave him the heads up. You know, usually when me. I get a message from him, it's when I'm in the masjid setting up, oh, by the way... When do you want me to give you a message? We're doing this. Not, you know... Not when you're working in some side, someone's mouth at 12 o'clock. A second tripod... You know, everything there. Unbelievable. Lesson notes. Zafar Sakhira, take over. Two minutes before we're about to go live. Let's have people who I can see their, their, um, you can see their thing, their feet. I got the longest thought ever in history this time for some reason. Come on, come on, come on, hurry up. Uh, You get up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get up. Camera, that's right. That's fucking healthy, bro. Right. Okay, so what angle so, um, so I think first of all we will do a side angle. Okay, so we'll have we'll, we'll look at the, 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 the line from the side. Okay, so have you three line up like this. Yep, and you line up. Okay, you line up. Okay. Yeah. okay. Can you guys look on the thingy? Oh yeah, you need to bring the thing down. There. No, no, this audio will pick it up. Don't that audio. Right, okay, so the key thing here now, alright? I'm going to start talking about some hadith. You can see me on the camera as well? Yeah. Yeah? yeah. One second. Right? One second. So, the key, the key things to note here. The Prophet ﷺ said that, uh, why don't you line up like the angels line up in front of their Lord? And the companions asked the Prophet ﷺ, how do the, the angels line up in front of their Lord? And he said, straight in, in, straight in line with each line complete, yani, uh, 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 each line complete and then the next, and then the next. So in rows which are complete and straight. That's one hadith. Prophet ﷺ just said you will straighten line. That's another hadith. The Prophet ﷺ said that uh, straighten the lines or Allah ﷻ will then make difference between your faces. Anas said, when he said that, the us, the companions, we put together, we put together, I saw the companions put together their necks, their shoulders, and their heels. Okay, necks, shoulders, and heels. And this hadith is what's caused so much confusion across the Ummah throughout the years. Okay, but only with the people of very little knowledge. But they are very loud. Okay, and they've always gone against the people of fiqh when it comes to understanding this hadith. Because they then understood that this is therefore something which cannot leave a single gap. What's the issue of the gap? As you're going to see Sheikh Atameen talk about in a second. That the Bunyana Mursus, okay, a very strong, clear uh, building which is which is solid, cannot have gaps. It must be strong. Likewise, the Prophet said, do not leave a furojiani for, for the shaitan. Don't leave a gap for the shaitan. So we do have clues of why people would want to be super, super close. Right? That's the key. So then when you have all these narrations in this random kind of, you know, uh, uh, abstract way, when you put them together, you start seeing people do silly things. And that's where you got the phenomenon of then 
of people, you know, putting the heels together. So put your heels together now. That's so it. Complete. Okay. Huh? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't know how. You know what, Hisham? If the, if, if the line is the thingy, then just pick up the tripod and move with it. Yeah, just move with it. Okay. So you'll see, right, um, that uh, put, put your heels together. Okay. And now try to put your knees together as well. Okay, right. So the point. So the point. The, 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 the point is, is that, is that if you're looking at this as a literal linguistic way, because you could theoretically read the hadith like that. Ilzaq, yani means to, to be together. So first of all, you'd have to put the, the heels in this kind of you know fashion. And if you're going to do that, as the scholars said, and Bakr Abu Zaid Ali Rahmatullah, one of our modern scholars, he's passed away now, he wrote a very, very important book on this. He said that the, the absurdity of this position is that they make all this focus on the heels, so do it again, on the heels, oh, but they don't do it well. <laughs> they, do it on the, they do it on the heels, okay, but they then don't do the knees. And okay, if they were able to do the knees, how are they going to connect the necks? You can't. That's the whole point. You can't. The, the, the important thing here is that it's not possible to connect knees and connect whatever. So, therefore, that indicates if something is possible, then it must indicate that the literal linguistic meaning is not what was intended. Likewise, what does it mean throughout the prayer? Because Anas, of course, has a very famous narration. And there are some scholars that said that the, this increase. No, no, give, give a wider example now. I want to show a wider example. Um, some, some of them said that it means, uh, sorry, Anas is an extension and it's found in uh, books which are not yani, what we can call in the main books of hadith, this extra part, very famous. They said today, today, so this is Anas speaking many years later, decades later, and he's trying to indicate how the people have left the sunnah. He goes, today if someone was to do that, then they would run from them. Yani, Meaning that if you were to, and uh, those are actual words, if today someone was to put ankle to ankle, knees to knees, and whatever, then the people would run from them. Okay? What did, what did those small group of Muslims understand by this narration? They said, this is a proof that it was touching. Because the only thing that happens today is that if you were, if I was to come to you, and I was to put my ankle right next to yours, you'd be like, what the heck are you doing? And you would step away. He said, just get away from me, what are you doing? And this is his proof. He's saying, this is what would happen if the sunnah was established today, the people would run away, trying to indicate that actually that is the, the correct sunnah. We'll say two things. Number one, and that's very important for us to admit, that the hadith itself, this increase, is not super authentic. We can't say definitely said, we can't say definitely not said, number one. Number two, by the fact that we said that it is impossible for us to do anything else with the neck and whatever, then it cannot possibly mean that. What it does mean is that today, when people become close to one another, then they start yeah, and saying, no, I need more space. Okay, so let's now just bring this line up a bit. Okay, let's imagine just, just straight on this gap here. People sometimes, they'll come and they're just happy just to be that like this. And this is completely unacceptable. This is a rejected line. And this is now a reality today. You will go into masajid and people don't want to be closer. Now, back in the day, it used to be a case that if you were to bring your foot or touch the other person's foot, it would be stepping away. Let alone, yani, someone trying to do all this for us, yeah? <laughs> Alright? So, now, we're at a time where even if someone, yani, gets close to touch the shoulders, people are like, yani, what are you doing? 
So that's how we interpret Anas' narration today. That's the correct way of interpreting it. So what therefore then is the actual <coughs> ruling with respect to the prayer line in terms of standing? We have another clue. We know that it's sunnah for, the, for a person when they're standing in the line that their toes are facing towards the qibla. So that automatically rubs out this idea of standing like this. Likewise, we know that the general position of the, of the feet is the width of the body. That automatically then uh, takes this out. Because that's what happens, right? If one guy goes up, the other guy goes up, you see them, they increase, increase, and they, you know, they, they, they can't carry like this, so they, they increase this higher to maintain some kind of structure, right? Uh, the, th- the third scenario, uh, you've got, you're in a line. So, say I'm, so, so let's say I'm the Imam. You guys are praying behind me, okay? Now, if they're praying behind me, imagine that it's a left heavy line. So go, go, go that way, okay? And this guy, let's say there's five there on that side, they start to move away. Okay? They start to move away. The right hand side, sorry, right hand side, I beg your pardon. The right hand, the, his, his right hand side. This is the left hand side. Now he's stuck, Yani, now, isn't he? Because the, those people are moving away from him, that like they're going away like this. And he knows that he's got to do what now? Open up and spread himself up more and more? You understand what I'm trying to say? Because if I'm here, if I'm here, and I'm kind of going away like this. His natural reaction is like, what the heck? So he's going to try and reduce the effect, isn't he? He's going to big himself up now, you know? Just try to kind of... And that's what happens. So does it mean from straightening the line that he has to do that? Answer is no. Where is his right? Where, what is his focus? What, what's ground zero for him? Ground zero is the imam. So if I'm moving away from the imam, that's entirely his problem. And you've got to be confident enough to say to yourself when you're in that prayer situation, you know what? Good luck to you, bro. Because I, I, you know, you know, I've I done my bit. I made a little movement towards you. You're going miles away. Get lost now. I'm coming back into this position. You know what I'm trying to say? I'll just give you a little tip, by the way. A little tip. Can you pull him back? We'll come to that in a second. I'll give you a little, a, 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 a little tip. When you, see, <laughs> when you see that happen... When you see that actually happen, that the person's moving away, okay, I, or, or, even, or, or not even moving away, but there's a little gap there, which definitely needs to be closed, I make myself as thin as possible. Okay, and what that does is that really emphasizes just how much of a loser you are. Yeah, because I've now doubled the gap for him. I bring my feet very close together, and this is how I will stand now, so that he now really feels isolated. And I'm, I'm comfortable that I'm doing that from a shara point of view because my haq is towards the left-hand side, not towards his side. Now, if the imam, by the way, is standing here, then it's the opposite. Then my haq is to go towards central. Always your focus is to go towards central. Don't take upon yourself to be the bakra that sacrifices yourself just to cover gaps because some plum is moving the other way. You get the point, yeah? So that's the combination of the, of the fiqh. Yes. No, no, I, not, not wanting to. You know, people, they are so lackadaisical in their prayer. A lot of them don't even know what's going on. They, like, they don't look anywhere. They don't ever look at their feet or whatever. Now, not looking at the feet is a good thing, by the way. One of the other reasons Bakr, Sheikh Bakr Abu Zaid said that this is nonsense, all this you know, stuff in the prayer, is that people are not meant to spend time in the prayer shuffling around and you know, getting your feet like this and you know, pr- pr- pressing them on there and <laughs> getting it straight. And It is not meant to. You're meant to stand up 
and you're back in the prayer, have a quick look to make sure that you're not a million miles out that way, a million miles out this way. You've got to make sure that there's no major gaps and that's it. The gap here is not يعني, something which is uh, 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 whatever I physically do between me and my man here, I can't close every single gap. It's just not possible. So here, if we're touching at the shoulder, this is now considered to be a closed gap, according to the vast majority of scholars. If I'm able to <coughs> touch his foot at, in some kind of way, in a relaxed fashion, that's something which is also acceptable. But in principle, you shouldn't worry too much about your feet. The real thing you've got to focus on is no gaps like this in between the prayer line. Okay? The next thing that I want to focus on is what is the, the basis of the line. And the basis of the line is the heel. Okay? So we do not make up the, 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 the row based upon the front. If you see here, your toes are... Yeah, come, 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 you come to it uh, this way. Your foot will be smaller. Okay? So go, 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 go stand on this white line. Okay. White line. There is it. So you can see, yeah, it's there. So you can see that there's about six centimeters or five centimeters between me um, and and him. Yeah, تقريبا. All right. Because my foot is bigger than his. It's not based upon like this. So you come back down like this. If you look, this is not a straight line. If you look at the behind of it, okay, this is not what the line is based upon. Right. It doesn't matter if we all stand in a straight line based upon our heels. And then my belly sticks out, or my chest sticks out. That's not a problem. But this, this is now not, no one's in line here. I'm, I'm literally behind. Look, my arm is behind here. Okay, and this is not right. Now, if you come back to the hadith which talk about this, you know when you see people, and I, I, I can tell you, I think everyone knows about this. But anecdotally, let me say to you: if I find a person who's standing like this in the prayer, and I'm here, I'm burning inside, burning, burning. There's a there's definitely something which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala put in the hearts which was specific yani, for the prayer line. When a person is standing all the way down there and you're standing like this, I'm, 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 I'm fuming. And if this person refuses to move, not because of the fact that there's a gap, but because he's been told, because my imam said that you are you're not gonna get close to me, whatever, whatnot, he has then become an enemy to, enemy to me. I do now see him as a cult and as another group and I am one group. He has solidified that group yani idea. So the prayer line is far bigger than just a prayer line. It is indicative of unity. It is indicative of the, of the, of, of the ummah. It is indicative if there are people who don't care about their position in the prayer line, then they don't care about the other things as well. I remember reading a, a maqal from one of the senior scholars that said that, that yani, the little moves you make in the prayer line are entirely indicative of your entire character and outlook in every other aspect of life. Whether it's mu'amalat, adab, akhlaq, deen, aqidah, everything. And subhanAllah, I found that to be so true. Because let me just give you one example. Even if a person does not agree with another position, if they allow themselves to be flexible in their line to go with the others, I still love that person more, even if it comes from a different color, different age, different ex, different madhab, different... I'll be more close to this, different aqidah even, I'll be more close to this person than someone who's of the same aqidah, same culture, same whatever, and refusing to actually submit themselves. And there are very, very important aspects. I told you before that the Prophet ﷺ said that in the prayer line, the very best of you, come and uh, get through this line, you're making more Okay, Ah, walk, walk through, walk, walk past us. Are those who are flexible in shoulders, okay? Our shoulders have got to be flexible. 
The Prophet ﷺ said in the other hadith, walk through again and let's, let's be now quite tight, okay? There's no way you're getting through. If we, if we now say you're not getting through, you're not getting through, <laughs> now get through. And I do not need to change my position a lot. We don't need to choose the position, just the shoulders just slightly go. The second hadith, the other hadith, the Prophet ﷺ said, do not resist the hands of your brothers. Do not resist the hands of your brothers. What does this mean? This is what this means. Okay, you're in the line. Okay. And what this means is this. Don't, Yanni, you know, push back. Push back against me. So he's resisting. And I'm like, bro, just get back. So when a person comes and, you know, is going up and down the lines and is pushing you, don't resist. Yanni, this is a Jama'i effort. This is a congregational effort which is indicating a, 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 a plan or whatever. And it's nonsensical that we would, if it was wartime, people would do it because they'd be moved, they'd be focused, they'd be know that we, you know, any mistake here could cost, there's defense issues, there's, there's line of sight, there's whatever. But in the Salah, I said in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, where Allah commanded it first and foremost, people are not going to bother standing there as they are. Alright? So those are the issues of the prayer line. Right, any, this is the same for women. Women might think that there's any difference, no difference whatsoever. Men are the same, everyone is the same. I want to mention one thing. Child, okay? Three-year-old, two-year-old, okay? Yeah. <laughs> they stand in a line. You build a line based upon the kid. The kid, after one minute, he walks off. You understand what I'm saying? What happens now? There are some scholars that said that the presence of a child yeah, it is like the Arabic qaeda that we've covered many times. His presence is like his absence. It's like he's not there. He's invisible, so he doesn't have any legal meaning. And that has some kind of weight. However, he physically is a mass. So if he is there, he is physically there. The real issue is that then if he is like going out of the way, whatever, that's a difficult one. But if he was to walk off, then you would then close the gap and then you'd be fine. Okay? Right, once we hear any questions on the actual line, on the actual physicality of the line. Yeah. So you know how you say uh, one guy might be slightly back and the other guy might yes. be a bit yes. distant. So yes. where would you prioritize in terms of Moving people? Or, or moving yourself if, if you have to... So, so, if you're stuck in a situation where the line is all over the place, right? Some are front, some are back, then, you know, You're not going to be now kind of, you know, gathering everyone together in the prayer, trying to be a hero, yeah? and you can't do that. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You've just got to make a call and make it as straight as possible. It might be that you know for a fact that that line has gone like this, and the other line is gone like that, and that's where the correct place is, and I'm gonna go stand there like that. That's not you being a hero, that's you being a club. Because what you've done now is created this guy kind of movement, right? Even though you're right, the line is there, and the line has gone all the way like that, and all the way like this, but you going forward is not gonna save the situation here. So you would kind of just try to give it a softer kind of belly here, as you're just trying to minimize the mess. Could you, could you say something? Huh? Should you say something? In the salah? No, no, we're in the salah. Ah, oh, if a person was outside, yes. If a person is coming up to join the prayer late and he sees that, absolutely. Absolutely, his responsibility, in fact. If he understands. And I'll tell you something interesting. You know, there are, there are some ulama that said that the, the statement of the Prophet okay, was not, is not applicable if you turn around and the people are all tulabul ilm or scholars. That this statement, so was the people who are ignorant and the masses, they don't know. 
But then when you turn around and see that the people know that you don't say anything to them because of course they know you don't need to patronize them. This is just basic and it's just like saying you don't have to say to them that pray this prayer like it's your last prayer because they should know that. They should be focused. So today obviously that doesn't apply because the vast majority of the congregation are people who don't know anything and so you do remind them and you do. And even if they're being said, and even if they ask God, what if they forget? Everyone forgets. So you should say it anyway. So the point here is that everyone can sometimes forget. So it's our general responsibility. If you were to come to the mission and say that, you would say, brothers, this line is not straight. Quietly, not to destroy the, 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 the whole, you know, uh, thing of the prayer, the ambiance of the prayer. But this one, you could go and straighten the people and then take your position and then you could enter. That's absolutely fine. Yes. Hillis. Um, we're going to come to that later. That's a, that's a, that's a bigger issue. You have a question? No? Go on. Yeah. Can you talk about someone? Yeah, you shouldn't, you shouldn't tug. I know you, that there is this... If someone who, like, wouldn't mind, like, it's not a stranger, like, it's his sibling or whatever, can you just gently... Yeah, so what, what, what I'm going to say here is that there is no definite right or wrong here, okay? Because when we see why it's impermissible, alright, it's because of two reasons. One, you superfluous movement. Two, distressing someone else and disturbing them. These are the two reasons that it's impermissible. If you were able to do it very minutely, and if the other person would no way get disturbed because, as you said, they are sibling or something, then I think there could be space for that. I think there could be space. But for there to be significant movements, we cannot, at a teaching level, be telling Muslims to, to actually do that. Because we know the masses do it, right? And there are certain things that scholars have to be responsible about. They can't just keep giving the green light for these votes. Are we done until so these guys can sit down? Sorry, someone was doing a talk, thank you. Yeah. And it was annoying you. Yeah. How would you get a, How would you combat it? No, I mean, you know, you're kind of just, you know, whatever. Just if it's unfair, if it's incorrect, then you could. Yeah, it's just. Oh yeah, if a person yani, stamps on your toes because they're trying to get whatever, just, just you, you would take your feet away. You can push him away. There's, there's no problem with that. This person has caused harm to you. He's, he's ruining your prayer. You could just nudge him and just, you know, and um, show him a hand and that's it. <laughs> of course, of course it does. Of course it kills your prayer. Absolutely. Kills your prayer, maybe kills your feet, athletes fall, fungal infections. Who knows? <coughs> Disaster, yara. Or nikah. Make him do murgi, yeah. So I was just saying about the movement, okay, on the movement issue, that we don't want to encourage people to be pulling, pushing, because we want to decrease that as a whole, even amongst educated people, not, not increase it. Yeah. Alright? But I don't want to say it's haram. The movement is clearly allowed in the sharia, in the prayer. But it's hated. It shows, as the Salaf used to say, movement on the external indicates movement on the internal. And remember, khushu'a, yes, when we, when, we, when we talk about khushu'a, how do I get khushu'a? And so a lot of people think there's some kind of magic, mysterious yani, kind of zone that you've got to study yani, you know, six years for and read all the books of Tazkir to Nafs and whatever, whatnot. Khushu'a is, is, is stillness. Wa Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, you see the earth still. And then we send the upon it, ihtazzat wa rabat, Allah says, right? When we send down the rain upon it, ihtazat wa rabat, right? The stillness, suddenly, it starts to rumble, shake, and bam, plantation then comes out of nowhere. So that's what you've got to do, is be still, calm, relaxed, focused. There's nothing else that you're thinking of. Now, if a person's moving around, scratching, checking their, you know, hijab, their abaya, 
the Shema for men, do, do, do this, that, blah, 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 blah. It shows that their mind has gone from what they were saying inside as well. So there's no khushu, they're not still inside. So every movement that you do, every movement you do is going to have an impact on the internal and that's not acceptable in salah. That's the basic, simple yani, a summary of that. Yeah. You know, <coughs> say for example the imams praying in the middle. Yeah. You start from the right the circle. You start from the middle. Right. We're gonna we're gonna come to that in a second. Any other questions with physically to do with yeah? Yeah. Come to that as well. He's gonna see, he, he's gonna actually mention children specifically. Right. Okay. So let's now go through. What Sheikh Uthameen now says to complete this section. So he says, when it comes to the issue of, and this is now on page 11, he goes, um, this uh, straightening of the line, does it refer only to your line or the Imam's line as well? Um, and Sheikh says, because we know that we have uh, some of the scholars um, that say إنه ينبغي تقدم الإمام على المأموم يسيرا ليتميز الإمام على المأموم. Now some of the scholars, the people of knowledge, said that there should be a slight difference. You see this vary, okay? But why? So that the the Imam and the followers can be distinguished. That's the reason behind it, okay? The truth of the matter is that there's no evidence for that. Number one. Number two. This distinguishing that the need to distinguish also requires an evidence. There's no evidence to suggest that. Number three, we have evidence to the contrary which contradicts that. And that is the famous hadith that we covered a couple of weeks ago of Abdullah ibn Abbas. He was on his left-hand side. This uh, uh, Shaykh Uthameen says that this is against the hadith where Ibn Abbas radiallahu anhuma, he was held, uh, the, the Prophet ﷺ took yani, him by the head and he brought him around. وَجَعَلَهُ عَنْ يَمِينِهِ وَلَمْ يُنْقَلْ أَنَّهُ أَخَّرَهُ قَلِيلًا and it was not narrated in that same narration that he put him back a little bit. Now this little bit, you'll see now vary between the madhahib and the scholars. You'll see this much. So if this is the imam, then the guy will stand like this. And then you've got the Hanafis who will, not even a foot, but like, like this. A significant amount behind. And there's simply no evidence for that. Okay? It's an, it's, I mean, it's an issue of fiqh. You wouldn't yani, not join a salah because the guy is not doing that. But I'm telling you that the evidence does not yani, support that position. When people are standing with an imam, it should be straight. Even if the case is that there's two people, and even if the case is that there are people on the left-hand side. That is the, the, the key killer behind this. That you would stay in that scenario. You might say, hold on, why would the imam have a straight line with people on both sides? And that is because if there was no space. Otherwise, not the norm. There should not be two people standing to the right-hand side of the imam. All right? Only one person because there was only two people to pray. Once the third person comes, they've got to go back and set their own line. Is that clear? Couldn't we argue that they were doing it for they do it because we don't come in front of the imam? Um, yani in terms of actually yani go in front of the imam, uh, physically, you mean end up physically in front of the imam? So, so uh, did you understand what Uthman said? Is it possible that one of the, the wisdoms behind standing a little bit back is so that you, when you land in your ruqwa and your sajda and so on, you're not in front of the imam. So I want to I wanna explain this point, okay? If that was the case, then they, some of the, to, to some scholars, then it would not, there would be no meaning behind the symbolic thingy, because there's very little difference between yani, that and that, yeah? But if you were to defend the Hanafis who come all the way back here, 
would say that could be an argument. What would the response be to that argument? The response is, is that a person, when we're talking about being in front of the imam, is not based upon ruku or sajda. Let's say that there's a seven-foot guy praying behind a four-foot imam. Yes? In ruku, my guy's head is going to be two foot in front of him. In sajda, he's going to be three foot in front of him. Sah? Okay? But the ruling is not based upon the ruku and the sajda. The ruling is based upon the heels. Do you understand the point? That, yani, the heels here. If my guy is big giant like that, then that's fine. That is absolutely fine. He is not in front of the imam intentionally. It's about intention. Yani, because his size, he is himself keeping himself behind the imam. Very, very strictly so. He's not allowing his heel to get in front. Now, you might say, fair enough, but I don't want to risk it. So I'm just going to come back a little bit. Is that a problem? We'll say, we don't want to say that this is the world's world's haram because this is an area of khilaf and the scholars have differed. But what we will say is that the hadith of the one time that we see a clear example of the Prophet ﷺ standing with two people, he did not bring him back. So I mean, that risk could happen in any scenario. But, yeah. Um, Go on. No, no, I'm just going to say generally, um, you know, if you're not standing with the imam, um, I think we have that issue in Medina, people standing outside. Yes. Yeah, in some masajid, like as you just said, Masjid Nabawi, um, you do have that scenario. They do try to make it clear uh, when people are praying in the courtyard and they are making the lines, and some of them can sometimes go forward. The, the police are not allowed, men, uh, are meant to not allow that. It's marked, isn't it? Don't it is marked. I mean, it shouldn't happen, and it, and it doesn't really actually happen a lot. It looks like it does. Now, the interesting thing, of course. The really interesting thing is that since two months back, three months back, it's all changed. Because all of us for our lives have been used to exactly where that line is. But three months ago, as you know, or four months ago, yes, the, 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 the position now is it was a historic move. But now the front is now not used. So it's now gone back to the rawda. It's now in the member of the Prophet ﷺ. The five prayers are now established there. So that now makes yani, the lines outside even further back. The front now has been designated by law now to be only used for the people who want to give salam upon the Prophet So now actually people are standing back. So that makes it even more careful. That means, means you need to be even more careful outside. But I mean, I prayed outside a lot at the front when I used to like, you know, visit there for long periods of time and live there. And it's a lovely to pray in those lines. And they policed very well. And I'm sure they'll police it again. The original masjid was to the front or was it? To, to, the, the, to the back, of course. The original masjid to the back. That, that extension of what has been prayed in up until now, that's an extension of Omar. Now they're back, yeah. into the, now they're back in the masjid of the Prophet okay, so the origin, so actually back Yeah, they've gone back to the original uh, place. As I said, they've gone back to the member of the Prophet okay. the mihrab, sorry, of the Prophet uh, uh, return. Okay? Um, so, okay. yeah? If you were to end up in front, what's the issue? A person does it unknowingly, doesn't know, unintentionally, nothing. The, 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 the threat, the real problem, and the problem here does not invalidate the prayer, it's haram to do, is when a person does it intentionally. That's where the game is a real serious one. And some scholars said it invalidates it. But the correct opinion is that you've done something haram. So Sheikh then says, um, so straightening the line also has a deeper meaning. بِمَعْنَى kamal. Okay? يعني الاستواء بمعنى الكمال كما قال الله تعالى ولما بلغ أشده واستوى. Okay, Allah Subhanahu wa Taala says in Surah Al-Qasas, 
Yani who is that referring to? Who is that referring to? In Surah Al-Qasas. وَلَمَّا بَلَغَ أَشُدَّهُمْ وَاسْتَوَى No. It is Musa Islam. When he reached yani, his age, yani, uh, completed yani, his... Uh, uh, when he reached maturity, basically, when he became mature, and he was stawa and straightened up. Yani, from sawu, was stawa, okay? Uh, and, straight, and, and rose up and, straight, and straightened up. That's not meant in its linguistic term. What that means is that he basically yani, perfected his yani, human characteristics and attributes. He became a man, proper man. Okay, so therefore, we know that when, when it comes to istiwa or taswir to saf, to straighten the row means to perfect the row. So that's why when we talk, talk about the rows, we need to perfect the rows. We shouldn't use the word straighten. And we need to educate people that perfecting the rows means straightening. No gaps. This, that. And let's now go through the list what that actually uh, means. So, number one. It means... Taswiyatul Muhada. Okay? That it, it means that a person. Let me just see it here because it's all nice and translated here. Where has it gone? Yes. So it means number one. Straightness in the, in the sense of standing parallel. So everyone is standing absolutely straight. We have one hadith where the Prophet ﷺ was described as preparing the line like the uh, arrow. Meaning the shaft of the arrow. It's a straight, yeah, it's absolutely straight. Okay, super straight. So that means parallel. And that, according to the actual correct view, that's obligatory. It is absolutely far to have a straight line. You can't have a wonky line or a wavy line. Number two, making the rows compact. Okay, close to one another. And he makes a point here. He says, and that does not mean, لكن المراد بالتراصي Okay, this is when we say Tarasu means get close together. Okay? Straighten up. Become in line. Uh, uh, so those are three يعني, phrases. Yeah? Straighten yourself in line. Stand straight. Chest up. Focus. Nice. And Tarasu Ya'ani, get close together. Close the gaps. فَأَتِمُّ الصَّفُ الْأَوَّلِ فَالْأَوَّلِ The Prophet ﷺ said. And complete the first lines first and then go to the next lines. But tarasu does not mean وَلَيْسَ الْمُرَادِ بِالتَّرَاسِ أَتَّزَاحُ That doesn't mean stand on top of each other. And it doesn't mean also that huh, listen, we can get you in bro, come on. It doesn't mean that everyone squashes themselves up just to get another brother in. And messes up the entire structure of the, of, the, of the line so that everyone is praying like this. Just to get one guy in. No, you know, the line is normal, body wet, touching. And Allah did not put any more upon that. And if the guy can't get in, there is nothing wrong with him standing there. He loses no reward. And I can tell you now, if a person thinks that when everyone is touching shoulders at a normal width, and we get my guy in and we let my guy in and it caused that little bit of ripple that his prayer has improved and ours have improved, that's incorrect. That's the main lesson. Okay? So if the line is compact and tight and nice and solid, we don't need to let anyone else in. We just now keep yani, this situation like that. Uh, meaning go to the second. Now, you might say to me, what about if there's not a single space in the masjid? That's a different game altogether. 
if we know that the masjid is full and they're coming from the front, like in Shiloh here. So Jum'ah starts. Guy's still stuck in wudu area. Standard, happens every single Friday. Yeah? So he's stuck in the wudu area. He goes all hating on us, and he's saying that you make us pray in the boiler room and this, that, whatever. You have no idea what our lives are like, yeah? and you're praying as men in Shiloh masjid. It's just as dark. Or whatever. So, the guy comes. And he's trapped, isn't he? He can't get now to the back through 56 lines now, okay? And the message is packed and he has a look and he can see out the windows and whatever, whatnot. In this scenario, yes. Why? Because this is Jum'ah. Because this is a unique prayer. Because this is meant to be the occasion where we ram people in. Because we have evidences from the Prophet ﷺ that said that in this scenario it's actually acceptable for people to even pray, not even making sajda on the floor, but rather making sajda on the Achilles of the guy in front of, in front of you. So there's not even a space in front of you to make, and you can't even breathe in to go down to a sajda. So you can actually, a person who's making sajda, and you know, you, obviously you see the Achilles, you know the Achilles, yeah, the back of the foot, you can actually make sajda upon that, upon his leg, or go into a gap. So in the extenuating circumstances, you can make extenuating moves. Right? These are tight, yani, compact uh, moves. Alright. The third... Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Just so I just want to say, the Prophet ﷺ said, "Make the rows straight." Aqimu sufuf wa hadu bain al malakim. Aqimu al sufuf wa hadu bain al malakim. Walat hadru furujat al shaytan. Walat hadi walat hadi walat hadru furujat al shaytan. Yani, make the rows straight and make the shoulders parallel, and do not leave gaps for the devils. Okay, don't leave any big spaces in between you. That is what he uh, said. He, yeah, uh, 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 yeah. I hope that that makes uh, sense. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, you know, going back to your first point. Say, for example, the you know the line is very comfortable length, and then one person is insistent on coming to the first row. For example, is it okay to resist them coming in? I don't think it's good to resist. No, if a person, yani, because. Look, in that scenario, okay, in that scenario, I mean, everything is case by case, first of all. And everything is based upon ishtihad. My answer would be ishtihad, everyone else, because there's no nas in this issue, there's no text in the issue. So, in this scenario now, you know, you resisting is just yani, creating a bigger situation and a bigger disturbance. Here it's clearly easier just to, you know, sl- you know slide in your, 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 kind of your gate, move to the side, and allow the person in. You resisting is going to mean them pushing and then someone's going to lose their temper and whatever, whatnot. Now, they'd be different if we had the exact same scenario, but there is already a second line. That's different. Then you definitely would hold your own. You'll say, there's a line there. But, the, what, but if they were on their own, towards the latter end of the prayer, guys sweating, and I don't want to be standing on my own, he probably thinks that it's haram. Because many people do, by the way. They don't understand the hadith. They think it's haram to stand alone in the back in a new line. The hadith does not mention that. The hadith mentions that, meaning a person intentionally goes to stand yani, by himself. So someone might panic and want to try and squeeze in. So you'd let that person in. Yeah. Wouldn't that just be the situation here, the one of Friday? Because if everyone's standing row by row, he's not going to come seven rows in. Correct. That's why I said in the Jum'ah, like guy coming out the wrong side, you would let that person in. It'd be silly for you to be trying to do anything else. You would let that person in. And you would preempt it. You see him and you'd create the gap. You just want to, everything you do is to minimize disturbance and, and hassle. Yes? Um, so say, for example, you've uh, 
focused on the role, with the space in football, but then you know someone's coming. Is it permissible to the second role to form a Um Yeah, that's a good question. Um, let's say that yani, there's someone to come from the front and should you leave a, a, a gap for them or should you take it uh, and leave the gap behind? As difficult to answer. If there's space to get through to the second line, then yes. So like in Cheeto, absolutely you would. Because in Cheeto, what we have is that our lines go all the way and then we leave a small gap at the side. So you wouldn't say, right, I'm not going to step to the front there next to that gap because I'm going to let the guy come through. No, because there's a gap there for them to say, you know, so it's a case-by-case basis. But let's say that there is no space and it is full. Do you leave a gap for that person? Yeah, and Allah, maybe. If you know he's definitely coming, maybe, yeah, maybe. Because the answer would depend upon, can you step back when he comes? Yeah, and is that going to cause a problem? Is there a risk of, of when you stepping back? Then there's a problem, yani, uh, that the, the space could be taken, then you're having to st- make other people step back. Yani, you always got to choose that option, which is going to minimize the hassle. All right? So the third way, Sheikh says, is of straightening the rows is to complete the first row and then the next. And this is part of the completion of the prayer. So, um, so what does Sheikh say? He says, if the people knew what there is in the adhan and the first row, but they had no other way than actually drawing lots to achieve that, then they would draw lots. So we know to get to the front row in salah is something very important, rewarded. A person should always try to make it to the front row. Okay, this hadith is famous in Bukhari. If two people, um, so meaning that, you know, if you understood how important this is, if there were two people who are arguing over it, then the only way out of it would be to actually draw lots. That's the attitude that it should be. What do we see? The exact opposite. Fadl, 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 fadl. I'm like, what are you doing? And even worse, what irritates me even more, I saw it three days ago here in this masjid, okay, that a person, he was standing next to me, this is why it really irritated me, I was in the second line, and... I'm standing there and the guy's standing there, but you know when he comes and stood next to me, he stood next to me but not in a solid position for prayer. He was half in, half out, looking over the shoulder, right? Looking over the shoulder to an older person who was praying sunnah and just finishing. He's in his tashahud. He's praying over there. And as it stands, by the way, the second line had lots of gap on the left-hand side. Maybe there's five, ten places, Right? But as you know, to stand in the middle of the second row, any row, is something which is more virtuous. So I'm bang in the middle of the second row behind the imam. And he's standing next to me. So it's a prime location actually. Right? He's got it. But he wants to be so respectful to his yani, uh, elder. I mean, I'm not judging his intention. But this is complete ignorance. That the, the iqamah had gone and the imam was about to say, Allah Akbar. And he's still like this. That's why it really irritated me. Stand straight and pray. The guy will stand at the end over there. The prayer started, we're into Fatiha, and the guy is still at that diagonal level. Not started praying. Not started praying. Soon as the guy finished the prayer, right? <laughs> A bit more as well if you ask me, but soon as my uncle finished the prayer, he wasn't even expecting that at all. He stands up to walk that way. My guy jumps out of the line, grabs him, and pushes him into next to me. 
Then he runs at. And then. No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. No, my my story was a different one. And he, I was like, no, you can't do that. You can't. No. Of course, the intention was fuck. The, the the intention is perfect. The intention is perfect, but the action is completely rejected. Completely rejected. We said this at the beginning of this chapter. For an action to be accepted, for ibadah to be accepted, it has to be done for the sake of Allah. So the sincerity has to be there. So every person that does it for that yani reason is good. But a person doing it wrong. So where did he go? No, no, he joined the line. Oh, no, so... No, his prayer is fine. I'm not talking about the ability of his prayer. No, no, no. I'm talking he... about the action yeah, yeah, of wanting else. someone else, someone else. Listen, people do that. Like, all of us do that, like, you know, for our parents, like my dad. But that's before the prayer has started. You can't do that when the iqamah has happened and the imam is about to make takbir. Like, if my father, me and my father come to the masjid, right? And there's a space there and a space there. And my dad walks that way. I'm going to get my dad, I'm going to walk him, push him that way, and I'm going to walk there. Because that is the formation of the line. But when the line has now formed, you cannot, and you're in that position, you can't be doing right, I'm going to come out and put the elder one forward. What's the same example of this? This happens again in this masjid. Children are in that position already and the elder comes and he says you go back or he gets them and takes them back Sheikh Uthameen is going to go on a rampage in a minute yeah. on a rampage Ibn Taymiyyah wrote an essay on this issue they are hardcore messed up on this they want, first of all they won't even allow them but that's a different argument about not allowing them we're now talking about children who are 7, 8, 10, 12 who have come earlier and as, as Ibn Taymiyyah said, whoever gets to that place, they deserve it. That's the most important thing. If you are in that place, you deserve it. There's no, he's the imam, he's older, he's younger. No. You've gotten it, it's yours. That's it. You understand? Very important we get this right. And you know why this thing irritates me? Why it irritates me? Because it shows a mindset. The mindset that I really dislike is this idea of over-politeness. We do not have a liberal approach to this religion where everything is all about making the other person happy. That doesn't exist in Islam. Even keeping other people happy has a limit. We don't just do anything and everything and sacrifice everything just so other people can yani, do that. Allah says, mutanafisun." So let, of the, let you guys compete with one another. Fight with one another when it comes to good deeds. وَسَارِرُوا إِلَى مَغْفِرَةٍ مِّنْ رَبِّكُمْ And race one another to get... Not, yani, okay, you win, go ahead. <laughs> you, you know what I'm trying to say? That doesn't, that, doesn't, that doesn't work like that. Yeah? I mean, in general, that's fine. But in specific scenarios, we've got to be careful. Yes? So what about in cases like, a guy comes to the masjid, he's like one of the first to get there. Yep. And then like, the imam comes out, and the imam brings out like a, like, you know, like a guest of the masjid. Unacceptable. Completely unacceptable. Ayani... A guest. Because it happens all the time. No, no, no. A guest or your mate or whatever and you go back, whatever. That's completely unacceptable. A person stands his ground, 
he has every right to. Obviously, there's going to be a big yani. Cool. You know what I mean? Yeah, Shosha. But he has the right to stand his ground. He has the right to stand his ground. The only exception is coming uh, up here. Have we got time to do this? Usman has been giving so many thingies and those two packages there as well. Um, right. So, I think we will... I think. Uh, listen, uh, uh, we'll pause it there. Actually, I need to know when to pause it. Uh, because I always forget. Then I ask you lot, you lot never have any idea. <laughs> right. Um, before anything and anyone and whatever, uh, this is the last lesson at on time. Every lesson from now moves in terms of time. Okay. So next week is going to be eight fifteen. The week after that is going to be eight fifteen. Is no Isha here. You, sorry, sorry, bigger pardon. Yeah, online. If you're watching this, it's going to be eight thirty five. And then I think there'll be another 15 minute increment the week after. Then it will move to between Maghrib and Isha. And then Maghrib will keep getting later. So you're going to have to start now staying on, in, you know, on, on point. All right? That's when it comes to the live uh, sessions. Uh, number so, one. Uh, so actually, from, actually, no, next week is 8.35. After that, basically the cuts go forward for the following week. Yep. Then we're into, so we need to make a decision of when are we doing a lesson. What, what time will Maghrib be that day? Maghrib will actually Anyway, yeah, yeah, it's Maghrib and Isha, Maghrib, of course it is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Maghrib will be on that week will be 7.37. Yeah. Well, what more do you want, Yara? Yeah. That's that 8 o'clock, same thing. So, there you go. So, next week is going to be 8.35 and then every week after that is going to be between Maghrib and, and uh, Isha, UK time. Okay? Just always look at Manchester sunset time if you're online and just focus on the portal. The portal times will all be there. That's the first thing. The second thing, now I'm just saying to you, don't bl- people, especially online, don't blame me. I have no control over the internet going down but clearly you're going to see this later rather than earlier. And the people here are going to get the advantage of this announcement. All I'm saying is that 31st of August, 1st of September, 2nd of September, just pencil it in. Okay? The uh, PG retreat... I don't think she's having a heart attack, yeah? We are trying our best for it to go forward. That is not for public release. Okay? That is not for public release. We probably only have actually... In terms of spaces, probably half of what's here, or maybe just these people here. All right, it is going to be open for men and for women, inshallah. If it happens, it's going to be that weekend. Over the next few weeks, it's going to be confirmed, and uh, it will just be basically chilling. And it's really only for LP students, okay? I mean, and PG folks. But the truth is, is that. Um, it will be gone before it even it, we're not going to put it online and maybe not even mention on email we'll make a decision on that but I'm telling you now to just if you've got things and planning dates and stuff then just book just pencil it in the next few weeks you'll know either it's going to happen or not if it doesn't happen then you can then just cancel the dates but I know that last time people were upset they didn't come and blah especially sisters giving me a headache and all up the class as well but anyway it is uh, this is thing right okay questions we just uh, we took us all down together. Said deal with this. Yeah. You know the difference between what Pakistan is doing and what we need to. Okay. What did the Pakistan doing? In which in which issue? In running for the kids. Okay. So go on then. Push our kids to the end of the line. So the Pak's pushed put to, pushed the people to the end of the line, and the Gujis give them a separate line. Stick them on the bench. <laughs> stick. So they've got corners. They've got corners. They don't them. stick them on the bench. They make them stand behind. Yeah, in the corners. No, behind, separate line. Separate corners, bro. No. Bro, oh, trust me, I'm not dealing with them yeah. Which Gujis? Pak Gujis or Indian Gujis? Indian. Oh, sorry. Yeah, well, I don't make, make any sense whatsoever. Sorry, I meant Pak Diobandis or Gujis Diobandis. Gujis Diobandis. Because Pak Diobandis. 
Like Milo. Okay. No, separate line at the back. Okay, but these guys have like end plays in the corners. <laughs> you know, like you put stupid pen. Okay. Enclaves. <laughs> yeah, so. Right. What, what do you think of that? All I think of is that I've just got yeah, in my eye on my thingy. I just want to work out who deserves one of these. Because I'm, I'm, I'm only going to give it out to some certain few people. My, the first person I'm giving it to is this one here. Because, you. Oh, it's yours, yeah, yeah. 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 You know why yeah, I guess it? He slipped all the way through the lesson. MashaAllah. <laughs> Sick guy. I know you don't be That's respect. Yeah. Number two is Nikah here. All right. Okay. I can tell you who's definitely not getting it. Shazad's not getting it. Zephyr's not getting it. Doesn't move from his space at all. Didn't help him at all until six years later. Then it's like, when he gets up, it's like a Titanic moving, turning around. Okay? Yeah, Umar is getting it because Umar did well today. Alright. Don't give any to your dad. Right. Uncle's getting one because he came from far away. You get one. Which one of you girls deserves it? I allow you to vote one and a reason. Well done. That's what I want to hear. Well done. Okay. I'm getting one. That's my absolute favourite. Right. Oh, is the video still going? Oh, oh, oh sorry, questions. Oh, okay, questions, questions. Sorry, sorry. No, no, we're going to talk about children next week. We're going to talk in detail. In detail. Yes. Next question. Yes. He wants to read the prayer out loud. Open it up and share it. Share it. Uh, he wants to read the, the third prayer out loud, which is Fajr, Maghrib, and Isha. Alone. That's allowed. It is allowed. There is difference of opinion over it. It is not. A, it's a minority. It is minority, and there's some good reasons for it. And, and there's no nos on the issue, so it's not. It's an ishtihad matter, and it's yani a. But I think it's allowed. I think it's allowed. Now. But there are, there are versions of this question. I think it's okay if a person's at home and he's praying it by himself at home. Okay. Yeah. Whereas a person, yeah, he comes to the masjid, you know you find some people, they join the jama'ah late. And then they start doing it. Yeah. yeah, 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 that's fine. What I'm not happy with, and Ibn Taymiyyah also spoke against, is the practice of a person, they come to the Jama'ah late. Imagine you've come to Maghrib late and you miss everything, and you just sit down and then you stand up to pray your three raka'ah, yes? And you do hear it that people recite out loud. Ibn Taymiyyah said in this scenario here, that he's basically acting out like he's, lead, he's like praying the prayer loud. But that's already gone. He's, it's been missed. He, it, he made a differentiation of a person praying on time himself vis-a-vis -a, -vis a person who misses the prayer and is coming late 
and praying out loud like the Imam. Basically, Ibn Taymiyyah said that that ship has sailed. Those were basically his words. So the person should just pray normally. It's debatable whether you should allow it there, not allow it here, but I, I, I think that it's sound. I think that you wouldn't. I like his argument. I'm praying alone. I think that to increase the and give it some sound, I think it's okay. I think it definitely helps. We all know that. Uh, question from a brother. Uh, probably listening. He's got a masala name. No masala. Why does he? Why does he call it a masala? Because it's in a university building, uh, halls, university halls. Okay, that doesn't make it a masala. What else makes it a masala? There's no five times prayer. There's no five times prayer. Yeah. There's no regular iman. Okay, all right. So he's saying that Fajr time. He yeah. Goes, if he goes there, he's going to be alone. He so he goes if he goes to the Fajr prayer, he has to open up. Most of the time, he's alone. Yeah. Is there any benefit in him going there? Yes. So if it's a place of prayer, I think that uh, and there is no masjid. No. The real question should be: There's a masjid and a musalla, and the musalla is closer. If there's no masjid, I think that yani, the fact that he goes there could hopefully encourage other people to go there. It would then take the ruling of the Fajr congregation. If he knows for certain that no one is ever going to come and no one's ever going to use a Fajr prayer and no one's ever going to think and it genuinely has very little meaning as a mosque and it's just a room, then no. But if it's designated as a, like Madugals, it will be a classic example in Manchester University. But you say, so, you know, now it's kind of like Masjid, yeah. But when it was Ambrose before, it was yeah, and more towards university buildings and people did used to, we used to go and people one, two would come. You get what I'm trying to say? That's kind of, it's a designated Salah area, but no one's going to come to it. But, but you know that if you were starting to go, you can start something. So absolutely you should go. But if there's absolutely zero chance of that happening because no one's just there, no one lives there, then no, then it's just like any other room. That one is best. Any other questions? So, uh, okay. So that, that is the September the 1st, 2nd, and, uh, 1st and 2nd, and the Friday as well. So the 30th evening is the plan that we would go. Um, that's that. Hajj is, uh, Umrah is gone, okay, uh, so no Umrah. Uh, next Umrah is going to be maybe in kind of October, and the idea is to avoid the school holidays to bring the price down. So far, all of the Umrah trips have been in holiday periods to accommodate for families, and the price goes up like four, 500 quid as a result. Maybe sometimes six, 700 pounds as a result. Plan this time is to avoid that and go for a flash moment where uh, kind of very late, Make a late announcement because ticket prices come in very cheap and then go for a cheaper date. That would be basically mean very late October, for example, or maybe early November, something like that. Um, that's, the, that's the next Umrah. Hajj, I think maybe 10, 15, 20 odd places left, maximum. Maximum. And that changes like every day by 10, just minus 10, minus 10. Um, uh, China, I think maybe 20 places left. And that leaves, uh, 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 and yeah, that's, that's trying to turn place left. About protect his house, April 27th weekend in Manchester. Uh, that's uh, that's uh, that. Um, Birmingham made, huh? There's some flies at the back. Yeah, uh, there are some flies. If you could take them to your masajid or localities, please, and leave them there, that would be appreciated, brothers and sisters. They'll be at the back on the, on the thing. There are the box outside there. Um, May 5th, I'm in Birmingham, inshallah for Dominion, and I think that's enough. Any other announcements? Anything else? Zakmullah khair, subhanakallahumma bihamdika, shahadu an la ilaha illa anta, astaghfirullahumma wa atubu alaykum, wa salamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa